Welcome to the Postpartum University Podcast, where we support you and your provider in understanding the science, the art, and the sacredness of healing after birth. I'm Miranda Bauer, your host, your postpartum nutrition specialist and homesteading mom with four wild kids. It's time to get you the holistic whole body healing that works. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am incredibly excited to bring to you Julia Jones. And Julia Jones and I have worked together in many different things. I'm on her podcast. I'm incredibly excited to have her here on our show today. She is the author of Newborn Mothers, and I highly, highly recommend this book. Actually, I have it sitting right here in front of me because there's just so much juicy information that I definitely want to cover. And Julia, you covered information that you normally don't hear about in postpartum. And and really, we don't hear much of anything about postpartum, right? We're kind of the oddballs in the field (laughs) speaking about things (laughs) um, that nobody else does, but especially about what you cover in terms of brain health and the postpartum brain. Can we just take a second to talk about what happens to mother's brains and postpartum? Yes, one of my favorite topics. So I was very happy when you said you wanted to talk about this topic. And just before I do get started, Miranda, your podcast, like uh, my podcast interviewing you is one of the most popular I think I've ever done. So I think we've got like 66 podcast episodes up there and yours is right up there in terms of how many people have listened and things. So yes, always great to work together. Love that. Thank you. So I call it baby brain. And I think in the US, it's more commonly called mother brain, but, and I try and use this term to sort of reclaim it, this concept a little bit, because at the moment in our culture, usually it's used as a slur. Like if you say you've got baby brain, it means you're like dumb, ditzy, forgetful, stupid, you know, and it's, it's just not really a positive thing. But the reason I kind of use that word and trying to subvert that meaning is because there's a huge amount of changes that do actually happen in a woman's brain when she gives birth uh, and breastfeeds when she's pregnant. And they are largely, you know, overall positive. There's definitely some challenges involved with it. But overall, what research shows is that they're actually protective to a woman's mental health during that transition. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like what baby brain is all about. And when I first sort of heard about baby brain and I was already doing postpartum work for many years, but I hadn't really learned about the brain changes, I kind of thought baby brain was a bit of a myth. I thought it was something that the patriarchy had made up to keep women in the kitchen. So it was kind of surprising to me to realise that it actually is a real biological thing that's, that's happening that can be seen on brain scans and um, that has positive results. Yeah, I, I think this is amazing because I, I remember as a mom, you know, my first time, my first intro as a mother hearing about mom brain. Oh, it's just mom brain, right? Oh, I just have mom brain. And hearing from my providers, yeah, your brain actually shrinks, right? And and then, of course, that doesn't necessarily make you feel very good. Oh, okay, so now my brain has shrunk physically. But what you're saying here is that there's so much more that happens to the brain. Yes, there's this physical shrinkage. Yes, there is this, you know, feeling of forgetfulness that happens, but this is developed biologically. This is a biological norm and it's here to support us, not hinder us, right? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, the change is so complete, it's so thorough that there's an algorithm that can tell with 100% accuracy whether it's looking at the brain of a mother or a non-mother. So this isn't woo-woo stuff. This is really, really solid. I, I absolutely love that. And I'm wondering, you know, how does that change after having a multitude of children, right? Is that is that something that your brain just consistently goes through these changes or is it a one-time good deal and we know you're a mother? Yeah, it's really hard to know that because it's quite a new field of science. We don't know a lot about how the brain changes with subsequent children or how the brain changes develop over time. For example, one of the longest studies of baby brain only went to the the, uh, two years postpartum, which means that, you know, although this algorithm can work at any age, so we know the change, there are permanent changes. We don't really know that level of detail yet. So I don't know, my experience, uh, you know, working in this area is that, yes, you do go through still some changes again when you have subsequent children. That's just kind of the the feeling and the feedback I get from people. You know, when I actually talk to mums and explain these brain changes, they're like, yes, yes. And then I did also feel that a bit with my third child. So it might not be as, like as wholesale changes, but um, you'll definitely experience some of the, the memory and cognition decline and alongside that the increases in things like empathy and, and ability to assess risk and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and I can attest from that too, especially working with clients and my own experiences having four children that there, there always appears, you know, science may not have caught up to, to this information, but, you know, it, it definitely feels like there's significant changes that occur with every single child, whether or not that means that it's just rechanging again, you know, again, if we don't have the science behind that to know if the brain is changing, you know, longer than two years, or if, if those changes go back to uh, the more logical way or patriarchal way of the world in which it works, which I am really excited to, to speak on a little bit more with you. Or if yes. this is just something, you know, that is a permanent change, right? But the, I think the important part of this is recognizing that there is a change, that this is not just some made up thing, that it's not because you're sleep deprived and exhausted and it's just a part of who you are as a mother. You're not, you know, quote unquote, dumbed down because of this. This is actually for your benefit. And maybe you can share a little bit more about what does it mean to have this baby brain? What are we experiencing? And and if it is really good for us, what's what is good? Because it doesn't feel good no, <laughs> sometimes it, in our world. Yeah, it can feel really overwhelming. And that goes back to what you were just saying about the patriarchy. When you live in a world that values such masculine traits, mm-hmm. you know, logic and, yeah, reason and all of that kind of thing you know, then it's easy to kind of think that it's all terrible. And there are definitely some challenges, like I said, memory and cognitive decline can be really, you know, frustrating. And uh, and there is obviously a reduction in grey matter, which can also feel like, you know, like a bit of a shock that that's, you know, surely that's a terrible thing. But to talk a little bit on the, the positives, you know, one of the most obvious and, and easy pos- positives that people can relate to usually is to do with empathy and compassion. Um, and I always love that kind of idea that when you become a mother, you become a mother to all the world's children. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people can relate to that, that they become pregnant 
and suddenly feel so much more empathy and compassion for the world, even to the point where we can't watch the news anymore or can't read scary or sad books anymore and need to kind of like cocoon ourselves and protect ourselves a little bit from, you know, all of the sadness and badness in the world because we just get too affected by just crying all the time. But again, this is something the patriarchy can see as a bad thing, but, but it's obviously not a bad thing. I mean, it's great. We could always do with more empathy and, and compassion, um, but we just need to value it. And another kind of one that people can easily relate to and understand is sensory changes. Most people are aware that when they're pregnant, their sense of smell increases. A lot of people, you know, can can feel that difference. Um, But they might not be aware that actually all of our senses are heightened to some degree. And, again, this is thought to be sort of an evolutionary trait that's designed to protect our families. So we're more likely to wake up if we smell smoke or if we hear, you know, like a saber-toothed tiger at the door and that kind of thing. So it's, it's designed as a sort of protective thing, even to the point where we can smell if food is, is bad before we feed it to our families. So a lot of, again, a lot of mums I talk to will say like, oh, my God, I can't believe my husband would, you know, drink that milk or feed it to the toddler. Couldn't he tell it was off? Whereas, you know, that just seems like so it's such an easy thing to tell with our heightened senses. Yeah, and it's it's quite amazing. And it sounds as if we live in this world that doesn't necessarily appreciate almost or understand this way of thinking that we are, you know, again, in this very masculine patriarchal way of doing things, this very logical way of moving through life. And then when these brain changes occur, you know, oftentimes it's inviting us into this new space, into this new way of not necessarily thinking anymore, but more of this feeling. Yes. And a lot of that does relate to feelings, whether that's like sensory feelings or emotional feelings, but yeah, definitely a more physical, tactile experience of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to bring up this quote that you have in your book and, and it's an absolute beautiful quote. And you say, neuroplasticity is the adaptive ability of the brain to form and reorganize in response to its environment. When you have a baby, it makes sense that your brain plasticity increases in preparation for learning how to be a mother. And so in this in this modern world, especially with these significantly high rates of postpartum depression and anxiety, we have to ask the question here. And and I'm, I'm just saying this out loud here is, you know, kind of thinking through, you know, my my scientific brain here. Are we using our brain and postpartum as it were created for us. And if not, is that one of the reasons why we might be experiencing these high rates of depression and anxiety? Yeah, I think it's definitely a big challenge just in the way we talk about like, you know, our cave babies are kind of born into the world with certain expectations over, you know, tens of thousands of years of of human society. But then just in the last couple of hundred years, that's changed so drastically that, our sort of evolution hasn't kept up, our adaptations haven't kept up. And I think that's also true 
for mothering. So yeah, neuroplasticity is kind of like a fancy way of saying just that your brain is open to more changes. And and one thing that's really, really a common saying in lots of traditional cultures is some concept of 40 days for 40 years, the idea that how a woman feels, how she's cared for, how she's treated, um, you know, how stressed out she is, how sick she is, how well she is, that all of that will then have an impact on her for the rest of her life. And, and especially a lot of cultures link that uh, postpartum with menopause which is, probably explains why so many people struggle with menopause in our culture as well. So, yes, these are these this plasticity can lead to long-term changes. And I don't want to alarm people because they're not necessarily permanent. Your brain is always plastic and it can always change. So if you kind of had a, a not so positive postpartum experience, it doesn't mean that's like locked in forever, um, but it does mean that, that you might have to work a bit harder later to make those changes than you would have at the time because when your brain is highly plastic, those changes will happen very, very fast. So it's sort of like a, an opportunity to, to change your brain very quickly for better or for worse, but you can always change your brain. It just won't be so fast. Wondering what your postpartum symptoms are trying to tell you? Postpartum depression, anxiety, depletion, and autoimmune issues have become a new normal. Take the most comprehensive postpartum assessment to discover what your symptoms are telling you and even more, what you can do to fix it for good. www.postpartumu, that's postpartum, the letter u.com slash quiz. Thank you for sharing that and, and for bringing that up as well is that we we have we have such an amount of control over our brain and our healing process um, and reversing that too and that goes back to not just our brain but our body as a whole and how necessary it is for us to be supporting ourselves during this time I think that's amazing so thank you for saying that yeah I really I, agree support is really the key word there I think yes Yes, absolutely. And I, and I also feel like this kind of ties into intuition, but that almost feels counterintuitive because we're talking about our brain is our, is our brain really connected to this intuition or is this something separate? Yeah. Intuition is a word that kind of gets thrown around a lot and people probably mean different things when they say intuition. I like to make the distinction between instinct and intuition Mm -hmm. and they're very different skills. So instinct is more like built-in things that you don't have to learn. So babies have a lot of instincts when they're born, sucking, you know, baby crawl and, and that kind of thing are very natural instincts for babies. And that's built into everyone. It's not culturally bound. It's not a learned thing. Whereas intuition is actually a learned skill. So when scientists talk about intuition and look at intuition, what they've found is that actually intuition is brain processes that happen so quickly that we aren't aware of them. So they they happen in the subconscious. But usually those processes can only happen in the subconscious once someone has had a certain degree of experience in a situation. So an example of that is If you play a game, for example, chess, 
and you are playing it the first time, then every single time you move a piece, you're going to have to really think hard about all the possible outcomes of that piece. But if you've played chess a million times before, then you'll be able to just instinctively, sorry, not instinctively, intuitively know if I move this here, that's going to be a good move. And you might not even be able to explain why, but your brain has done all those calculations very quickly and very subconsciously without any need for conscious cognition. And that's what we generally call intuition. And how that relates to motherhood is you can't be born with that. Like you don't have your baby and then instantly have intuition. You do have instincts, but intuition is something that's learned. So, you know, all those times when you're making mistakes and listening to your baby's cues and, and, you know, learning what works and what doesn't work after some time, then you build up this volume of experience, this kind of repertoire of what works and what doesn't. And then you can make those intuitive decisions without having to cognitively think about it. Which is, is kind of how motherhood is is as well, right? We we learn motherhood through watching and observing and experiencing. And you're saying that is the exact same as intuition. Exactly. But in our culture, we have this really difficult myth of like a mother Mary, like you're just instantly you know, all good, all seeing, all knowing. And so it can be a real letdown when you do have a baby and you have no idea what to do. You can feel like a failure. And I know a lot of mums feel like that because they just thought, oh, well, I'll just know what to do. And to some degree you do, that's what instinct is. And to some degree you don't, because a lot of it has to be learned. Like breastfeeding is a learned skill and it doesn't always help to say it's normal or it's natural because you still have to learn how to do it. And we want to encourage women to experiment and make mistakes and have a go without feeling guilty or ashamed or feeling like a failure. Mm. This is so good. This is absolutely beautiful. So, you know, and, and all of this, what we're really saying here, if for all of you who are listening in, is that motherhood and intuition are learned experiences and they, you can only learn by doing and failing and learning from those mistakes and carrying on again and again and again. Like that is the journey of being a mother. And yes, really. And that doesn't change, right? you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but you've got four kids and I bet there's still things that you're, you're oh my gosh. learning, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's lots of things that I don't know. So much so that when people ask me, well, what's going on? You have four kids, you know, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't know. <laughs> that's where I'm, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah. And then it changes as well. You just feel like you've got the hang of it. And, you know, one of my kids is almost a teenager now and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a completely different game. I got to learn it all again. <laughs> yes. Me too. I'm, I'm, I've got a preteen um, right now and, you know, that feels very awkward. The two-year-old I've got down pat, you know, that's perfect. But as, <laughs> as they age, it's always something new, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us today or would like the listeners to really know about these brain changes that take place? 
Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll add is the brain changes happen in two different ways. One is sort of biological changes and one are environmental changes. So if you are a person who is pregnant, those changes happen on a biological level. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to happen to you whether you like it or not. But if you are someone who is a father or a non-biological parent, if you adopt or foster, for example, then you are going to not automatically have those changes, but you can still have some brain changes by interacting with the baby. So the the second way, that more environmental way that our brain changes is by actually nurturing and, and cuddling. So you know, if you if you're the partner who feels a bit left out or the parent who's, you know, not biologically birthed this child, you can still experience some brain changes by simply having lots of cuddles, lots of eye contact, spending heaps of time in a parenting role. And your brain will also begin to make some adaptations to parenting as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you had shared here today. This has been an incredible interview and I hope so helpful for everybody who's listening in. Where can people find your information and and find your book? Yeah, so everything's at newbornmothers.com. The book that Miranda's been talking about is called Newborn Mothers When a Baby is Born So is a Mother and there's that's on my website too. We also have a recipe book, Nourishing Newborn Mothers and a course. So if you're interested in, in becoming a professional Uh, and learning about how to care for for parents from these kinds of perspectives with this kind of understanding, you can join Newborn Mothers Collective all at newbornmothers.com. I appreciate you so much. Thank you again. And I highly, highly recommend that you take a look at Julia Jones' information. We'll have all of those links for you in the show notes. Thank you. Thanks so much, Miranda. Love this episode? Let us know by leaving an amazing review. Your support is everything. Want more? Head over to postpartumu.com. That's postpartum, the letter U.com, and explore how we support moms like you in holistic whole body healing that's specific for the unique needs of mamas in the years postpartum. See you there.